Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1092. Today on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Pebble Beach Concours d'Elegance that takes place on Sunday, August 26th at the Lodge in beautiful Pebble Beach, California. For more information and tickets, go to pebblebeachconcours.net and I'll see you at the Concours. Be aspirational in everything you do. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, my first guest calling in from Israel, which is very cool, Elad Shraga. Elad, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yeah, let's go. All right. Elad Shraga was born in Israel and has been fascinated with all things mechanical since he was a child. While his career is in finance, his passion is cars, and he began collecting at the age of 17, starting with motorcycles and then moving into cars. His true love is light, small-package Italian cars, and in particular, the Oscar brand. He's bringing to the Pebble Beach Concorde two of his Oscars, a 1949 Oscar MT4 Siluro, stands for cigar, the second Oscar ever made and the only cigar-bodied left in the world. The other is a 1952 MT4, a unique inside grill headlight model with extensive West Coast racing history. I can't wait to see these two cars on the lawn. Both of these cars are featured on this year's Pebble Beach Retro Auto poster, which is also very cool. A fan of touring, including the Milimilia, the Colorado Grand, the Legenda de Bassano, and of course the Holy Land 1000. With his partner Amir Almagor, they are instrumental in putting on the Holy Land 1000 rally. And we're going to learn about that as we talk. And uh, it's their way of giving back to the hobby in a very unique and diverse setting, which includes 80 cars from 12 countries. By the way, Carsia guest and chairman of the Pebble Beach Concourse, Sandra Button, and her husband Martin recently participated in the Holy Land 1000 and drove one of Elad's Oscars on that incredible journey. So, Elad, I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about a very obvious passion for those beautiful little Italian cars? Thank you, Mark. With pleasure. Really, for me, Italian cars represent the nexus of. Latin inspiration with typically great design and sportiness. And put in the right package, these cars tend to be exciting, vibrant, lively, and some of the most beautiful cars ever made. Personally, I have owned many special Italian cars, some of which have actually been able to find and source via the internet in the age when internet was Slightly narrower and slightly less well-versed. But overall, the internet, as well as other sources, have generated for me personally a very diverse Italian car experience over my, call it, 25 years of collecting. Absolutely. You know, I would love for you to, before we get into my questions here, uh, talk just briefly about the Oscar brand. Because what I know about it, it was founded in 1947 by Ernesto. Poor Ernesto. He's going to slap me from talking like that. Ernesto Maserati, of course, that incredible brand. And his two brothers, Ettore and Bindo, 
And uh, when I talk to people about Oscars, a lot of people's eyes kind of roll back going, what? Oscar Maserati? So could you explain a little bit more about the brand? Because you're an expert with this. You've had so many of these cars. About that brand, where it all came from, whatever happened to it, uh, maybe enlighten our listeners a little bit. With pleasure. With pleasure, Mark. The actual brand stands from the original Maserati company, which in 1936 was sold to the Orsi family. So the Maserati family had to effectively relinquish control. They sold to the Orsi family, who was an industrial family. They signed a contract that basically had two main covenants. The first one was the fact that the Maserati brand was sold and therefore it's Orsi's. And two, that they had to stay on for 10 years. Literally, as the 10 years expired in 1946, towards the end, the pen dropped, the three brothers walked out, went back to Bologna, which was their effective um, Maserati center pre-purchased um, by the Orsis, and started OSCA. OSCA stands for Officina Specializzata Constructione Automobile, which basically, in a very, very almost tongue-in-cheek way, is saying basically, an office or a garage for building specialized automobiles. And this was their response of being prohibited from using the Maserati name. So in 1946, late 46, they started OSCA. And they basically started off where they left at Maserati, which was the A6 line of cars. A stands for Alfieri, which was their older brother who passed away. Six for six cylinders. They basically took that basic design, cut off two cylinders, and produce the Oscar NT4 type. NT4 stands for Maserati Tipo 4, four for four cylinders. And basically, they went ahead and called on their typical clientele, which was the gentleman racer, whether it was popular in Italy, in France, and other jurisdictions in Europe, produced very light, highly designed cars, very robust, because most of those cars were used for European-style road racing, Tour de France, Mille Miglia, Targa Florio, etc., etc., and basically took the pre-war mentality of Vachoret and extended it to a post-war design. Between 1948 to 1957, which was the heyday of Osa, they manufactured roughly around 80 cars, all handmade, all in-house designed and built, really catering to the clientele who had the finances and the ability to race amateur racing as well as professional racing at the highest level. Nice. For example, Mark, uh-huh. in 1955, you could have purchased a Ferrari Monza, 750 Monza, for about $12,000. An Oscar MT4 would cost you $10,000. These were wow. very expensive cars. Yes. And you knew that once you bought them, you were able to compete at the highest echelon of 1,500 cc and below classes. Going back to the Oscar uh, history, very briefly, by 1950, they were able to insert the Maserati name and the emblem, which became Oscar Fratelli Maserati. That's the actual name that most of us know today. By 1963, the company was sold to MV Augusta, and by 1967, it was effectively shut down. By that time, the three brother Maseratis were quite old, and they lost interest in trying to keep up with the world, evolving racing world. Sure. Wow. Well, thank you for taking us through a very interesting history. Now our listeners are caught up on Oscars and, and how unique and special those cars are. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of a 
saying that's important in your world and your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Elad, take the wheel. Be aspirational in everything you do. Wonderful. And how have you tied that into your passion for collecting old Italian cars? Well, there's quite a bit of aspiration, in fact, <laughs> trying to keep those uh, quite unique or rare machines on the road. Yeah. That's an aspiration by itself. Oh, yes. Aspiration that sometimes ten- tends to be inspiration. But really, the idea here, and I think it ties well into what we're doing with the Oscar class at Pebble Beach, and even my involvement within the Holy Land, is really try to do things to further the hobby. Not in a grandiose way, but in my own ability to contribute. So put on an event which is slightly unique and puts back into the hobby something that you would otherwise potentially not have and try to further, further knowledge, further research, really try to expand on things. Well, it's wonderful what you're doing a lot. And I love the fact that there's going to be Oscars on the lawn this year at Pebble Beach as a special group of cars. It's going to be absolutely spectacular. Let's go back in time and talk a little bit about you and a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. I know you started very young. You started with motorcycles and moved into cars. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you think back when you knew you were indeed a car guy just like the rest of us? Yes, and I'm sure each of us have this kind of unique moment. Mine came when I was about 16 and a half years old. We were visiting Canada. As we were driving down the street, I saw a sporty silhouette covered by a tarp. Begged my parents to stop, lifted the silhouette, and there was Austin Healey 3000. Mm. In fairly horrible condition. I literally begged my dad to purchase the car. He said, well, leave a note. See what happened. So I left a note, and the gentleman who was a fireman called me back and said, yeah, I'm interested in selling the car. At that point in time, I think it was $3,500. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was money. My father, of course, refused. We were just visiting Canada. So I told him, if you refuse to purchase the car, I will uh, effectively sleep beside it until you relent. Now, coming <laughs> from Israel, I did not see the October nights in Toronto. Yeah, a little so chilly. By o'clock, <laughs> yes. By 3 o'clock in the morning, I had to uh, come back to the hotel, tail between my legs. Needless to say, I never purchased the car. Now, wait a minute. You actually laid down. Holy cow. You are a, a tenacious young man, weren't you? That's incredible. <laughs> yes, a stubborn. A stubborn, um, yeah. Didn't, didn't help that time. Didn't help that time. No, I uh, no. did not get the car, but I learned that real my passion, and it, it did trigger something in me that uh, has lasted for the past 30 years. Well, I love that story. What an awesome story. Very unique. That's for sure, Elad. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down. Now, this next question, I always ask people about a big challenge or a big failure they faced in their life. I know that you put on the Holy Land 1000 along with your business partner, and and putting on rallies is no easy feat. Uh, It's like putting on Concours events. People think it sounds so easy, and it is not at all. So maybe you want to share a big challenge you faced with that experience or anything else that you might think of. But the most important thing is, what did you learn from that experience so you can move forward? So share something with us. Oh, boy, Mark. I mean, <laughs> uh, the Holy Land 1000 was one big challenge. Actually, if I just look back, it started in 2010. Amir and myself were doing the Colorado Grand, sitting beside somebody over dinner. And we mentioned we're from Israel. He asked us very politely, what kind of uh, road events do you do in Israel? And we said, you kidding us? Yeah, there <laughs> are none. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, yeah. But then, but then he clicked and he said, wow, you know what? If we can give back to people 
what we tend to take for granted, as you just mentioned, whether it's concourse or rally events and so on and so forth, and we can do something and host them and familiarize them with the country and, in fact, further the hobby within the country, that'll be fantastic. And it really took us five years from the moment in 2010 that we said this looks feasible to getting it up and running, including deep negotiation with customs authorities, the Ministry of Transportation, in fact, convincing people to come from all over the world to a place which you know typically is not thought of as a car place. And the reviews were awesome. In 2015, we were overwhelmed and humbled by the responses and the enthusiasm. And when we decided to do another event, the 2018 one, we in fact had an oversubscribed roaster of close to 80 cars coming from 12 countries, anywhere from Argentina, United States, Denmark, Norway, Greece, and I can go on. And beyond being an international crowd, the whole event to me represents the fact, and I think I've heard it in many of the talks that you've had with various people, it's the people. The hobby is not just about the cars. It's the fact that you've all of a sudden just spent four hours over dinner with somebody that you would otherwise never have a chance to meet. Your life intersects. You have a common interest. And from there on, it takes off. It takes off to different places. And it's just beautiful. Well, I really commend you guys for pulling this off because, again, I can only imagine, not to mention getting people to come to Israel with their precious vehicles and then convincing them that there are some wonderful places to drive, of course, beautiful places to visit and see. But you are right, Elad. I have learned after 1,092 guests here that cars and the car hobby, collector cars, that, that whole lifestyle overcomes all socioeconomic backgrounds. It overcomes political differences. It overcomes everything because all of a sudden you have people who have a shared passion and they share that passion with others and everything else gets washed away. And I I just wish the whole world was all passionate about cars because maybe we wouldn't have any conflicts anymore. Everybody would just get along, but uh, that's probably a pie in the sky thinking. But thank you for what you guys are, are doing. This is absolutely spectacular. Let's shift gears and go to what I the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call have an aha moment, maybe an epiphany, something that comes to light or came to light in your life where you said, wow, this is the direction I need to go and kind of walk us through what that was all about. Sure. I, I was collecting cars. I had a bunch of Alfa Romeos and Lanchias and E-Bars and was speaking to one of my respected mechanics and he said, you know, the cars you really would like is an Oscar. And like we just discussed, I said, an Oscar who? <laughs> and went down yeah. the path, searched for one actually not knowing what I was going to find in terms of the experience. Got on the plane, went to test drive the car along the Bologna route. In fact, the car was in Bologna. And as soon as I drove it, that fabulous mechanical feeling as if you're you know, wearing a beautifully constructed watch, mm-hmm. the actual gear change, the response of the engine, the sound of the engine. You know, the very, very unique firing order the Maserati brothers have always used produces a sound which is unlike anything else. At that moment, I said, wow, I didn't imagine cars could be this good. And that was a real aha moment. And from there on, I really focused my effort. Yeah, they're just beautiful. I was at um, Retromobile in, in France back in 2011, I believe it was, and there was a beautiful... 
Oscar for sale. One of the uh, auction houses there, if you will, had one for sale. And I, I had never didn't really investigated them that much. I knew about them and everything, but the gentleman told me a lot about the car. I got to sit in the car and I think you're, I believe it was a 1950 MT4. Um, if I have my models right, but regardless of that, the way you described it is exactly right. It felt like putting on a fine watch. Uh, it just, I don't know. I wish I could have driven it, but of course it was indoors and that wasn't possible, but uh, they're just absolutely beautiful machines. I encourage listeners to go out and do a little research. And of course, if you're lucky enough to be on the lawn with us in a couple of weeks here at Pebble Beach, you will see some beautiful Oscars. Let's talk about your first really special car. And maybe it was that car, but the first time you got a car that really meant something to you and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Well, I, uh, the first one I call a serious electric car I got was a 19... 19- 54 Lancia B20, Ooh. Coupe Aurelia. Again, it was an experience of discovery, and it really meant a lot because it allowed me to really expand my horizons, previously more constrained with what you can call mundane models. So it was mm-hmm. a real moment where I felt that the, sem- the level of complexity in engineering was something that I was not exposed to before. Very, very special cars, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Well, all of my past guests have an answer, almost all of them, to this question, the seller's remorse question, and that is a car that you've let go that you wish you had back. Is there one of those in your life? Yes, unfortunately, about two and a half years ago, and I think it actually tells a good story of the Oscar, if you will, crowd or ecosystem. Two and a half years ago, I basically sold back to the previous owner in 1955. MT4 Coupe, an unrestored, fully preserved example, one of one, where I felt that I wanted a different car, which actually didn't come through. But ever since then, I've been uh, absolutely regretting the sale. However, he's such a wonderful guy, and the car will be on the lawn in Pebble Beach. So I'll get to meet the car, and I'll get to meet the owner. And, uh, you know, it's always fun. And yeah. I'm getting close to him. Maybe I'll convince him. <laughs> well, yeah. First right to refusal, I guess we call that, if he ever wants to let it go. Well, let's talk a little bit about the lawn in Pebble Beach this year, because Oscar's a, a featured mark. You're bringing two beautiful MT4s. I would love for you to share a little bit more about the cars that you're bringing. And what our listeners who are fortunate enough to join you and I on the lawn at Pebble Beach this year might expect to see in the way of Oscar's at Pebble Beach. Absolutely, Mark. And wow, isn't this exciting? 16 cars. Remember I mentioned they manufactured roughly about 80, and all yeah. of them were race cars, which meant there was there were some lost, some never rebuilt. So the actual outstanding Oscar, if you will, pool is thought to be less than 50. The organizers have managed to assemble 16 of them from all over the world. There are three coming from Japan. There's one coming from Germany, one from Canada from Israel, which are mine, the rest from the East and West Coast, this is going to be an absolutely historical moment. In fact, we were joking among ourselves that obviously this was about two years worth of production in the old days. Yes. So it's well thought of being the largest assemblage of Oscars ever anywhere, even compared to the period. You would expect to see, as I mentioned, a fully preserved Oscar with its original interior, its original paint and engine bay. The first Oscar, number one, real, if you will, 
historical winner, you know, the Sebring overall 1954 winner, you will see various cars, various bodies, and it's just going to be, I think, a real moment of special time. Yeah, I can't wait. Tell us a little bit about your two cars, because you have a very unique, well, both your cars are unique, because I think every Oscar is unique, but tell us a little bit about your your two marks or models. The first one is a 1949 Solora, which, as you noted, uh, stands for cigar. So it's a really, if you will, slick and very narrow body car. It's a race car, of course. It was the second Oscar ever made. It was sold to Count Fowler Cordero de Montezumolo. In fact, the uncle of Luca de Montezumolo, the really? Ferrari chairman. Oh, my gosh. Chairman. Wow. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, he was a gentleman racer. He raced the car, and then the, the car went back to the factory and spent time with various, if you will, European-style drivers. It's never visited to the shores of the United States, so it's its first visit, and the crowd will have a chance to see this car that otherwise has never been displayed. It spent 55 years in the Swiss collection, purchased uh, from that collection to Japan, and I purchased about two and a half years ago, and I've been restoring it ever since. In wow. fact... I just took my first drive a week ago. Oh, my gosh. Very exciting. I'll bet. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, With pleasure. Um, And the second car, it's a 1952 uh, N4 again, with a 1350cc engine. It's a really visually stimulating car. It's slick. It's small, but, you know, quite complex and beautiful. Has vast amounts of... U.S. history. In fact, it was the first Oscar on the West Coast in 1952, brought over by a movie, a very famous movie screenwriter, and was campaigned literally up and down the West Coast, Story Pines, Pebble Beach, Santa Barbara, Golden Gate, and various Stockton, various other uh, Northern California, specifically uh, racetrack. It's won Pebble Beach Race in 1953. And in fact, um, as I said before, it's a quite a famous car. Um, yeah. Most most of those who know who know Oscar would probably recognize the car. It wow. being so unique. Wow. So it's coming home in essence, coming back to the West Coast. Yes, I'm looking forward for a really early morning drive down the old uh, Pebble Beach uh, racetrack just for oh. myself. Yeah, That's I that think so. Moment. Yeah, well, you need anybody Absolutely. to ride with you. You got my phone number. You call me any time of the day or night. That would be fun. Oh, my gosh. Well, I cannot wait to see you and your cars and all the Oscars on the lawn at Pebble Beach. This is a historic time for us enthusiasts. It's going to be very, very special. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Elad. If you were a vehicle, what would you be and why? It's an aspirational response. I'll say the Lancia B20 Aurelia. It's huh? hopefully a gentlemanly, understated car that has vast amounts of sophistication. And most importantly, those who know it appreciate it. Yes. Very nicely said. I like your answer very much. So a lot up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers 
that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Elad, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the Oscar throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Focus on what you like. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. In case you get stuck with it, at least you'll enjoy it. That's for sure. (laughs) Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over the years? Well, I spend a lot of time into things that I like. I try to focus and I try to contribute the time and hopefully get a yield from it. From it. Most importantly, try to dig deep, whether it's in car archaeology, putting new information into light, whether it's trying to help uh, further and contribute to various events or various community factors, really trying to put back and not just take away from the community. Um, nice. Obviously, there's always more to do. But it's a real focus. Absolutely. Wonderful. Now, there are wonderful resources out there for all of us these days. But is there one or two in particular that you really like that you could share? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge fan of the Revs library. Mm. Now it's online. Anybody can go in there. The search tool is user-friendly and literally spend weeks, and I'm not exaggerating, scrolling through hundreds of thousands of photographs, and all of them are exquisite. It's online. I would definitely recommend. Yeah, absolutely. The Revs Library. We'll put links to that on a Lodge show notes page. An incredible, incredible resource. Now, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? That's easy. That's you, Valari. Wouldn't that be absolutely. something? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. What would you ask him? What's one of the questions you would ask him? I would try to avoid asking questions, but more focus on what made this person tick. Because 80 years, basically, after his heyday, and people still consider him the greatest driver alive, found you notwithstanding. Obviously, uh, there's always that particular banter back and forth. And really trying to understand what made this little Italian man tick 
it's uh, it's a fascinating persona, and one where just observing it live would have been absolutely remarkable. Absolutely. How about a book? Is there a book that you've enjoyed reading that you'd like to share with us today? Yeah, there's a month of passes of me scrolling through the American sports car racing in the 50s. Uh, the Will Edgar, Michael Lynch, and Paravana book. The pictures and the photographs are fantastic. The stories are alive. And for a person like myself, who is really fascinated by West Coast 1950s racing history, this book is a, is a must. And would you share the title of that again with us real quick? It's American Sports Car Racing in the 50s. Yes, absolutely. Just want to make sure that our listeners heard that. I'll make sure to put a link to that book and all these great resources on Elad's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Elad, E-L-A-D. He's the only Elad who's been on the show, so he'll be very easy to find. His last name, Shraga, S-H-R-A-G-A. And you'll find all these very cool links. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. This could be a tough one for you because I'm going to buy you any cool car in the world. But there's a couple rules to this game. One is this is the only cool collector car you can have. You've got to get rid of all your other cars. But money's no object. Today I'm writing the very big check because I have a feeling this is going to be a large check. But... And uh, by the way, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. That little trick's off the table, too. So I want you to keep it. I want you to drive it, which is no problem for you. You like to drive your cars. Most importantly, I want you to enjoy this car. So what can I buy you today? Oh, first of all, let me thank you, Mark, for purchasing the car. (laughs) You're welcome. You're Um, welcome. (laughs) I'll take my Mercedes SSK Controssi car that today resides with Ralph Lauren, the one-off body. Ah, yes. Uh, Ralphie. Yeah, you know. I've had a lot of guests who want some of Ralphie's cars. <laughs> Say that with all kindness. Uh, he has got probably one of the most incredible collections on the planet. And uh, the SSK that he has, uh, pretty darn special. But, you know, you're jumping marks here. I mean, you've gone from your love for Italian to the robust Mercedes. What is it about that SSK that you like so much? Oh, so there's a trick to the response. Although it's a Mercedes car, which is German, the body was designed and built by Controssi, who was an Italian nobleman. Ah, thank and you. And in fact, used it, <laughs> used it in Italian road racing. So I have not forgone my Italian connection. Not yet. Well, I set you up for that because I wanted to make sure people understood that because a lot of people don't know that relationship with the Controssi bodied car. But uh, there you go. He stuck to his guns and Elad is still enjoying his Italian uh, visualness with the power of a Mercedes. So uh, I will get on the phone. I'll call up uh, our good friend Ralph and see if I can convince him to get rid of that car so that I can deliver that to you. Maybe I can drive it over there on the uh, the Holy Land a 1000. I think that would be pretty spectacular. Ah, wouldn't that be nice? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What a wonderful looking car. Yes, it is gorgeous. Well, Elad, you have taken me on an incredible ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for calling in all the way from Israel and sharing your love for Oscars. I cannot wait to see you on the lawn at Pebble Beach and see all these cars and your vehicles. Oh, my gosh. But before you drive off into the sunset in Ralph's SSK, could you offer us a parting piece of wisdom or guidance today? Again, try to put back in from those that you take, not just absorbing, but also contributing, really. Very important. If everybody puts in a little bit, the world becomes a much broader, a much deeper place. 
Now collecting car walls. Yes, yes. Always be giving back more than you expect, and life will be quite spectacular. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and learn more about Oscar? Well, again, if you can uh, go to the lawn, get to the lawn, it's going to be spectacular. There's going to be the Pebble Beach Tour, which takes place on Thursday morning. All 16 Oscars are expected to be there. So if you're not going to come to the concourse on Sunday, come to our stop in Carmel or along the route. You'll be able to see the cars. And I hope to, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be as enthusiastic as I am about the visual and oral sense of those cars. Yes. Yeah. The uh, Pebble Beach Tour, for those of you, if you're going to be at Car Week, is a must. It's Thursday morning. Get over there to uh, near the lodge there about 7 a.m. The cars will be rolling out. Or you can find out what the path is, the course, and sit anywhere along the course and watch the cars go by. That's the best part. And do you have a website for how people can learn more about the Holy Land 1000? Absolutely. There's actually a Holy Land website. It's www.holyland1000tour.org. O-R-G. There you go. Well, listeners, I'll make sure I put a link to that. And everything Elon has shared today on his show notes page, I look forward to seeing you on the lawn at Pebble Beach. And for you listeners who are going to make it, make sure you walk up and say hello to Elon if you see him with any of his great cars or me on the lawn at Pebble Beach. Elon, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yow audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you, you on the lawn at the Pebble Beach Concours d'Elegance. Farewell, Mark. It's been a real, real pleasure drive. Thank you. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.